Blog Talk Radio. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent Him who sent us. We do not need to worry about what to say or what to do because He who sent us will direct We are content to go wherever He wishes, knowing He goes there with us. We will be healed as we let Him teach us to heal. Hello and good morning and welcome to You Are Okay with your hosts Mara and Brian. Hi, I'm Brian and Mara, how are you? I am great, Brian. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. That's that's wonderful. That's good news. So what's happened in your week? Well, for me this week has been a wonderful um, week of noticing wonderful affirmations in not only my, my own life, but in the world surrounding me, in friends, family, and especially over the television with the recent voting we've had here in America. And, you know, I I spoke a little bit about this on my show the other day, is, I don't know, I've had a sensation inside of me for a little over a year that the only way I can describe it would be to say that we as a mankind, as a human race, have made a shift. And that shift, we could call, would be for the better is the best way I could say it. And I think there were lots of affirmations to me this week, not only with the presidential race, but then for the well for the first time myself I participated in voting. And um, then I also this week watched television for the first time in a long, long time. Just to kind of see what the responses were from the out from the outtake of the presidential um, election. And I started noticing people from many different demographics, and especially watching, you know, stations such as Fox News, and hearing them say that it's time to make a shift, it's time to change what we are doing, and hold the government more accountable for what it's doing. And it starts with us, and the power is contained within us. And it was such a wonderful, refreshing thing to hear someone with that much, quote, power because they're on the television and a lot of people can hear their voice saying that thing. And another thing I heard was people were discussing being more green and driving more green vehicles. And a lot of times when I flip on channels like this, listening to these discussions, I'll hear them bickering and arguing about something. And that's a common thing I run into when I watch such stations. But what surprised me, because they were doing that again, was the subject matter they were bickering and arguing about was who had the more green vehicle. And I thought to myself, wow, at least if they're going to continue to bicker and argue, at least they're bickering and arguing about something that we can call a good thing. They were trying to see who had the better eco-car. And I was going, wow, what a flip, what a change to be fighting over, if you will. And these were just wonderful affirmations to me this week to to show me through what my eyes can see the affirmations I already got within my heart a while ago. So that's what this week has been. That's wonderful, Brian. In fact, I have a similar... uh, I've been having a similar uh, feeling or sense for some time and um, have, have actually, if you, if you would look at, next, at the topic for next week's uh, show with you and I, normally we don't give you the heads up, folks, because normally we aren't quite sure until we get the sense of what it should be. But my, uh, the topic that I selected is the time of the Antichrist or anti-love is ending. Join Mara and Brian to talk about the dawning of a new age of love with you as a leader. Isn't that tremendously coincidental, Brian? 
if I, I don't know that I believe in it. You know, I have to tell you folks that, I, Brian, first of all, let me just say I echo everything that you said uh, to the point where if we, we uh, first of all, many of us are having less money than we've had in the past, so it might be a good time to walk places instead of driving. And I feel for those people. I used to live in Los Angeles, and I know that many people are spread out so far away from the services that they need. I'm fortunate enough that I live in a place where I could walk to work. I mean, it's five minutes away. And uh, I did one day last week, but I need to do it more because that's what I can do. It's one small step. But if each one of us take one step toward ending our dependency on foreign oil, toward ending uh, our dependency on a process of transportation that, number one, is not healthy. We're becoming an overweight country, or maybe we've became that. Number two, it's it's inordinately pricey. Look at how much. I, I sat down and looked at how much the uh, my of my money goes to the oil industry every month. And I was aghast that I would consider giving that percentage, you know, just sending it out there. And we, you know, making uh, these kinds of personal choices that will make us a part of the solution because we are the solution. Uh, Barack Obama's uh, invitation to all of us to be a part of the solution is is not only wise politically, it is the only way things can change. Before Barack Obama was elected, uh, because I've been a supporter of his for some time now, not from the beginning, uh, and I was very upset when a female was not included on the Democratic ticket because I feel, my friends out there, that we have worked our entire lives to grab a hold of the gold ring. And it would have been, to me, a phenomenal ticket to have a female there, too, just earth-shattering. And I, you know, and that's a political discussion we don't have to get into. But when I finally came on board and recognized that the wonderful message that the man was given, giving, I saw the strength. I saw his smile his smile, then I, I recognized the importance of, of his election. And one of, uh, but my friend, I have a friend who's very devout Republican, and he would talk with me all the time. And I said, well, does the presidency make the man or the man make the presidency? In other words, you know, what's going to happen? And my friend's he, Barack Obama hit it right on the head when he commented, the solution is in us. He may not have used those exact words, but it's really a question of what we are going to do for our countries. I think there was another young president who asked that question. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do. But if we truly want change, and I saw it on the faces of the young people and the smiles of jubilation that I felt in my house, my children felt then we need to take a look around us and look at our part. What is our part in overconsumption? What is our part in uh, the oil crisis? You know, do we have a part? And are we clinging to things that we can let go of um, and that in some ways may be healthy for us, such as taking walks, walking to work if that's possible? I think the other thing for me, Brian, is that um, I believe very firmly that uh, the time that we are exiting is the time of the Antichrist. I think that uh, people look for, in human ways, for so many apocryphal uh, symbols and people being lifted up into heaven and, and not recognizing that realistically that happens every day. And any time someone uh, dies, if your concept of heaven is returning home to our father, mother, um, divine being, uh, Allah, Yahweh, uh, the great spirit, the be-all and end-all, the creator, the universe, the divine mother, whatever, wherever you believe that people are going to, that happens every day. 
that was, in my mind, a message to people that we could feel safe. That one of the fears we have here in this planet is a fear of judgment on the other side, and we can feel safe. And as a child, I can remember being sitting in church when they would start talking about Revelation, and I had such a profound sense that they had it wrong that I would get physically sick. I would literally get physically ill. I also fainted when they showed the pictures of them throwing uh um, not throwing, but pounding Jesus onto the cross. I, I mean, it was amazing. Religion has always been very personal to me. But I was two, three, four. I fainted. I would get sick when they would talk about Revelation because it was so full of judgment, hate, everything that is contrary to the truth. And so it, and it's driven by man's fear. And we can talk a little bit more about that next week or a lot more about it. But I will tell you that I truly believe that the message of Christ, the message of Muhammad was one of love. And that we are ending, just as you sense, Brian, we are ending the time of anti-love. And my friends out there, we would be very excited to hear your thoughts. You've had a precursor of where we're going to be next week. That's a topic we'll be talking about. And uh, we hope that you join us. Spend this week thinking about your thoughts on the idea that there's a shift. There's a change. There's a recognition of our connectedness one to the other. As Neil Donald Walsh said, uh, there's an invitation now to see more in people than they are showing you. Speaking of which, November 17th is the date that Brian is going to have Neil Donald Walsh on his show, Radiate Love Without Expectation. Brian, what time of day is that going to be? Uh, 3 p.m. Pacific time, and that will be on a Monday. I'll tell you what, what a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for you and Neil Donald Walsh to talk to people about love. That's beautiful. That's that's great. I'm so excited for you. I, I have to tell you, Brian is just, I, I'm just in awe. It's almost as though he just graduated from high school. And here he is, uh, you know, just doing so very, very much. He is rising, rising, rising as as an enabler of love and uh, I am so respectful of that Brian that's great good for you good for you and tell me well, what's gotta, it like where you are I'm sorry go ahead that's what I was going to say it's, I got to say it's it's quite easy to just follow what you're feeling with inside yourself um, you know it's, it's kind of like we were talking before the show and you'd ask me something I can't quite remember what it was oh you said I you'd ask me a question and I responded and then you said yeah, that's right, you're smart. And my reply was, well, if smart means that I listen to my heart and repeat it, then I guess I'm smart. But there's nothing, what I had said to you was nothing that I could have thought about and known to be true. It's just something, a feeling that I had, and I just listened to that feeling and repeated it. And so in that following of knowing where the truth lies, I guess Mm -hmm. in that respect I am smart. Yeah, and and I understand that because, uh, first of all, I I do have to um, disagree with you on just one point here, and I would hate to disagree at all, but I don't think it's easy at all to follow your heart for most people. I think that for many people it's a frightening prospect. It it causes them to step out and be different, Brian. And I think we live in a society where people uh, applaud conformity, as opposed. And it's not just peer pressure in high school, and, or in school, you know. But it's it's just peer pressure all the way along. There's a way you're supposed to do things, and when you dare to break out of that box and do it differently. It, it's not in the beginning necessarily a comfortable place to be. And so I, that, you know, I think it's, it's tough sometimes to listen to your heart, your, your nature. 
And in that regard, Brian and I were talking about the idea that um, sometimes we say things and they have such clarity and it is listening to our heart and they have such truth and resonance in them and yet that is not coming from us per se. It's it's something that we just know. And we just know it at that moment. Had somebody asked us an hour ago to give them our opinion on, on a topic, the case might very well be that we would have uh, had a different opinion. But just suddenly at that moment, at that time, the truth comes to us. The, for me, the Antichrist. About a year ago, Brian, the shift. Uh, about a year ago, the sense that, that something is changing. And my friends, we're the good news for you. We're the good news station today. And hopefully we're going to be the good news uh, program from this point on. The good news is we're done with all that hate. We're moving to love. The anti-love time is ending. And each and every one of you play a role in that. Each and every one of you. And today we're talking about a similar topic, but a little bit different. Maybe it's a step in the process of the shift. And that is smiling. You know, smile a little smile for me. It's the idea that uh, smiles do come from within, but I think so often we get caught up in believing that a we get caught up in believing that it is our I said this to Brian this morning that it is our nature rather than our nurture to see the cup as half full or half empty. I'm going to say to you that I believe our nature is love. And if our nature is love, then anything that would cause us to feel anything other than loved, other than safe, is is taught by nurture, by our species, by the human form that we're in. And is designed to give us experiences that will help us come to the realization we are safe and that our nature is love. And a keynote part of that for me was smiling. Brian, what do you think about this nature-nurture thing? Um, I want to agree with all the points that you've said, and I can say that one, one aspect, well, there are many aspects to love, but one aspect is just the acceptance, and it's a strong aspect of love. And so at times I can find, in fact, I had an experience of this just last night when I was at a friend's house and we were having conversations such as this and there were some new people that I've never met that were at the house as well and they were kind of having a conversation and everything they were saying was resonating with me except for a few points. And I started to find myself smiling. And then as I started to... to Notice that within myself, that I'm just smiling. I, I came to a realization that, you know, I, I wasn't needing to correct them in any way. Just being there, enjoying their company, and enjoying mostly of what they were saying, and just smiling. Every time they'd look at me, they would just see a big smile and continue on. And it was just a a wonderful place of showing that, I'm in a good place and I'm comfortable with being around them and in no way did I need to correct them on that little point. And mm-hmm. to me, that is what this, it's, it's kind of like another affirmation I've got from the television was listening to McCain's speech the other day and he said, it's time to come together. Whether you mm-hmm. agree with them or not, we have to work together if we're going to make this thing work. And yes. it's, it's the same thing. You know, part of this coming into love is being more accepting of one another and listening to what they have to say. And you might not agree with every point, but just giving them their time to speak it 
helps in so many ways. It helps them to speak it and have it be heard by someone, which makes it more real to that person. And I've noticed in myself when I do that, especially with my show, at times I will get a realization within myself after almost immediately saying something out loud that maybe what I said wasn't actually true for me. There's something about saying it that gives you another, lets you see it from another angle. And so that frees the person to speak his views and then maybe change them inside of himself. Not anything that you do, but a realization that they come to with inside themselves. Plus, it allows you to look at their views and analyze them and say, is that true for me? But also still listening to them at the same time and not having to be stuck on such a point that you have to stop the whole conversation right then and there and pick on that one thing and not gain any. Once you start fighting something, you're not gaining any more ground. You're just stuck, and you're stuck in this one area. So to let that go. and just I agree. Because I I think that when we do this, we'll find for the most part we agree on most things in our lives. There's only a few points here and there that we don't agree on, and there's no reason to beat the the wheel on that one subject and to just agree to disagree and move on. And hear everything else out. It's a place of coming together and trying to get an understanding with one another. And that's a place I agree. Of love. I often um, approach it by saying I I see things just a bit differently. So you know, it's it's like not uh, not that the other person is wrong, but that through my eyes I see them. And that's the one thing, folks, that we I really encourage all of us when we're caught in these times of. Uh, of disagreement with someone, many times it's probably important to look for more of the areas that you agree about than the ones you disagree. But I don't know if we if if agree and disagree is exactly in many instances I hear people say things and and quite a, a major discussion grows and they lose sight of what they see the same. And and so, you know, to see something a little bit differently, I think, is is an opening because of the fact that I think we all can agree that none of us look at exactly the same thing with exactly the same eyes, and therefore we all walk away with a different perception. And and that's one of the things about the four agreements that's so wonderful that Miguel Don Miguel Reese says is that... Um, you know, for every human being on this planet, everyone, there is a unique perception of what this planet looks like. There are no two of us that see everything, the whole planet, the same. And what Brian just so wonderfully and beautifully discovered, uh, or discovered, excuse me, stated, was that he chose peace over discord, over, quote, being right. So he respected their perceptions, and, and the, the points were, were small. And so he felt good being in their presence. He, felt, he chose peace. And, and so he chose to be true to his own nature and to love them for who they are. And, you know not to engage in battle. Uh, I have a wonderful little, uh, wonderful quote from Paramahasa Yogananda that says, remain calm, serene, always in command of yourself. You will then find out how easy it is to get along. That's just what you said, isn't it, Brian? Yep, exactly. When you're comfortable with what you know you know, you don't have to hear it all over the place. And so you're free to listen to other people's opinions. And in that, I actually realized that you didn't know everything that you thought you knew. And there might be a piece, a little gem within what they say that helps you to see what you thought you saw perfectly a little bit differently. And that's the beauty of listening to other people and really taking in what they say and not having to judge it every step of the way and say, this is right, that's wrong, this is right, that's wrong. Just hear them out. Yeah. And that's yeah. The, it's kind that's of, support. You know, that's, go ahead. I was going to say, that support and love that you give to the other person, bringing <laughs> you together. 
Yeah, even before we started the program, Brian said something to me, and I go, well, and I, I started thinking through what he said, and as as I'm, but I I tend to think sometimes aloud, and as I'm verbalizing my thoughts, you know, I said, yeah, <laughs> you're right, that's it, <laughs> you know, hadn't thought about it quite that way, but no, so I mean, there's, there is a, if if someone provokes your thought, I think that adopting Brian's approach and smiling and thinking as opposed to talking is probably wonderful because maybe that is an invitation for you to rethink what you think, to reevaluate what you're what you're saying and or you're hearing or what you wanted to say in response and and think about it. and because so so many times um we end up creating confrontation when we there's no need there's no need my friends there's no better evidence we are are largely a monotheistic world largely monotheistic and yet people fight each over other over what word they use to call love to call god people seek to deprive each other of of a little bit of space or a lot of space because they call the single being that they believe exists, Yahweh or Allah. No judgment intended, my friends, because we don't need to judge. We just need to ask ourselves, if I was that person, how would I want to be treated? What would I want if I was in that spot? What would I want if I was uh, uh, members of a a religion that was being exterminated in Europe? What would I want? A safe place. And how would I feel if I was were the people that we're being asked to carve out that safe space. It's like talking, talking, talking at the most fundamental level. We're, we're coming to the end of the hate time. And we're going to see more in other people than they are showing us. I truly believe that. We're going to start listening instead of always talking. Before Brian does a centering exercise and we continue on with our discussion of of smiling and, and seeing the cup as half full, and looking to those markers within your body that tell you when you are going starting to move into a negative mode, a negative way of thinking about something and changing those markers, rethinking, as Neil Donald Walsh says, rethinking that moment, approaching it differently. I'm going to share um, a quote or a little fountain of smiles. It's from Whispers from Eternity written by Paramahasa Yogananda in 1949. In 1949, my friends, we were talking differently in our country than we do nowadays. And so forgive me if I don't get my syncopation right all the time and, and just kind of try to breathe and feel these words. And when we finish this, then we will go into our centering exercise with Brian, and we're going to use... Um, as our background music, 
Pathless Journey by Daniel Kobielka. We played it last week, and it was just lovely. It deserves a full play. And it fits so well with the beautiful, beautiful meditation and centering exercises that Brian does. Fountain of Smiles. Behold not the sarcastic smiles born from the dark womb of hate. Welcome not the bandit smiles which rob thy trueness. Wear not serpent smiles which hide their venom behind the sting of laughter. Banish the volcanic smiles of subterranean wrath. Bedim not the mirror of soul, thy face with shades of pitying smiles. Let no witless, noisy, muscle-contorting laughs like rowdies echo the emptiness of thy soul. A fountain of joy must gush out of the soul of thy mind and spread sprays of fine smiles running in all directions, spreading their vital veins through the laugh-thirsty hearts. Let the lake of thy smiles break its embankment and spread to territories of infinitude. Let thy smiles rush through lonely stars to brighten their twinkles. The flood of thy laughter will inundate the droughts of dry minds, sweeping away the barriers of odd formalities, cold formalities. Spread thy smile like the dawn to vanish the gloom of minds. Paint thy golden smiles on every dark spot. Brightening cloudy days, command thy smiles to resurrect life into the walking dead. Smile for the dead, for their grim peace bespeaks their victory or pain. Let thy smiles pulverize the rocks of sorrow to atoms. Let thy smiles meander through desert souls and oasis hearts alike. Let the deluge of thy fearless smile sweep through all minds and every place, drowning, washing away all barriers for miles and miles. When God laughs through the soul and the soul smiles through the heart and the heart smiles through the eyes, then the prince of smiles is enthroned beneath the canopy of thy celestial brow. Protect thy prince of smiles in the castle of sincerity. Let no rebel hypocrisy lurk to destroy it. Spread the gospel of smile. Purify all homes with thy healthful smiles. Let loose the wild fire of thy smile and blaze the thickets of melancholia. Open the long bottled up musk of smile, scattering its perfume in all directions. Intoxicate all with the wine of thy smiles. Take the rich smiles from the every joyous soul and from the mind of all true mirth. North, south, east, west, wherever thou goest, thou smile, millionaire. Scatter thy golden smiles freely, freely, everywhere. And with that, we will turn to Brian and our centering exercise. As we now spend this time to go within, I ask that you please, please take your focus inside and take advantage of this time to relax and to be at peace within yourself. And now I want you to Sit up straight, taking care of your spine is straight, and getting comfortable in your chair or whatever position you're in right now, or which whatever position you choose to be in, whether you choose to be lying down or sitting, maybe in a lotus position or in a chair. And as you take care to get your spine straight, I want you to close your eyes and start to breathe in and out, nice and deeply, taking long, full, deep breaths into the nose and out through the mouth. Into the nose and out through the mouth. And as you begin to relax more and more with each breath, I want you to take your attention to your breath and to the feeling of your lungs expanding and contracting with each breath that you take. 
just being with your breath, noticing, loving it, appreciating it. And as you continue to breathe into the nose and out through the mouth, getting yourself more and more relaxed, I want you to now take your attention to the top of your head and to the, into your brow, to your forehead. And I want you to start to relax as you take your deep breath into the nose and out through the mouth, breathing in. And as you breathe out, feel the tension flowing out, flowing out through your mouth, out, out as you start to relax your forehead and your brow. And as you continue to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth, slowly scan down your face to your cheeks. And every time you breathe out, let more tension go, becoming more relaxed within yourself. And as you continue to do this, breathing in through the nose and blowing out, all the tension, you start to realize that it's like you're opening up, you're opening up to more love, to more peace, to more joy, every time you do this, and now as you breathe into the nose, and out through the mouth, taking away the tension from your throat, and your shoulders, and your arms. Breathing in and breathing out, you feel the tension leaving your chest and your stomach. You start to notice that your breaths, you can take even deeper ones now as you become more relaxed and opened up. And now as you take another deep breath and you let it out, you start to relax your pelvis area and your hips and your upper thighs, moving down, 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 releasing all the tension. And as you breathe into the nose and out to the mouth, you feel the tension leaving your knees and your calves and your feet, out, out, out. And now as you take another deep breath into the nose and out to the mouth, you feel relaxed comfortable, restful, and at peace. And as you start to come to this realization, you might start to feel a smile come across your face. As you sit with this feeling, this sensation, merging with it, enjoying it for what it is. And as you continue to breathe into the nose, and out to the mouth. You start to feel a sensation and you start to get a picture within your mind's eye of a wonderful foresty area with beautiful trees and beautiful brush. And now you start to hear birds chirping and you see butterflies off in the distance flying at the tops of the grass, and you see the sun shining down as you look up, and you feel the sun rays on you, keeping you warm, and you feel these rays entering into you, warming you up, and you smile at the sensation, and as you feel yourself connecting with the sun, you smile at that knowingness at that realization. And now as you close your eyes, even within the vision, and feel and hear all these wonderful noises and these sensations, you start to hear off of the distance, humming, a beautiful humming, an orchestra of voices humming, and it's music to your ears, music to your soul. 
And now you look off in that direction. And you start to walk in that direction. Your curiosity has got, got to you. And you wonder what this humming is. And as you continue to walk forward, the, the humming gets louder and louder. But yet it remains peaceful. It's like it's calling out to you. And as you continue on in this direction, you start to see through the brush this opening into of the forest, into this grove, this wonderful area where there's this fountain, this beautiful fountain, pouring water everywhere. And you see many people dressed in wonderful clothing, white gowns, with golden hair. You can feel the peace and love exuding off of them. And you now notice they've all got their eyes closed and they're humming while holding their hand and circling this fountain. And you walk closer and closer. And you also now notice that they've all got a smile on their face while doing this. As they start to resonate with one another in their humming. And you now walk closer and walk up between two people. And take the hand, each one, putting yourself in this circle. And now you close your eyes and you start to hum along with them feeling the connection as you start to entrain, as you start to get in sync with the cadence of the hum. And as you do this, you feel a smile come across your face as you hum. And you feel so connected with this, with all these people humming and smiling. And a thought comes to you as you feel this and as you are experiencing this, that this is indeed the fountain of smiles. And as you continue to breathe and hum and smile, you bask in the glow of this wonderful connection, of feeling the connection of everyone around you and knowing that in this moment, all of your hearts are beating at the same rhythm as your voice as well is in the same vibration. And as you come to that realization, you even feel more connectedness, more at one, more at peace with not only yourself, but everyone around you. And as you continue to hum and continue with the smile on your face, asking in the wonderful sensation of this realization, this place that you have found within yourself of being connected to all things. You now find yourself releasing from the circle, putting the, the two hands back together of the people that you stepped in between. And now you walk back, back, as you continue to hear the humming and the feeling, the resignation with everyone around you and feeling that wonderful connectedness as you walk back to where you came, enjoying the peaceful walk as you hear the humming and the birds chirping and still seeing butterflies flapping about everywhere and feeling the sun rays on your body. And as you get back to the place that you recognize that you first saw when you came to this wonderful forest, the vision starts to vanish away. And now you feel yourself breathing in and feeling your, your heart and your lungs. And a smile once again crosses your face as you realize that this beautiful place 
beautiful fountain of smiles and this wonderful connectedness with all these wonderful, beautiful beings is always inside you. And if only you choose to visit that place every now and then, you will feel that anytime you choose. It's always there for you. And now that you know where it lies, you can always return whenever you choose. And as you realize this, you and a smile, a broad smile comes across your face. As you bask in the glow of the knowingness that you know where peace resides. And you know it is always within you. And it's simply just a smile away. Let us reach out our right arm and let's close that circle and feel the beauty of that circle one more time as we join hands together in celebration of our oneness, in celebration of our connected one to the other, in celebration of our smiling. Let us right now pull energy through our bodies in our final breaths of meditation. At this moment, pulling up fearless breath, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting divinely inspired breath and blow it out. And know that your smile in any given moment will lighten the room. Know that you are safe and that you can smile. Recognize what tries to pull you away from smiling. Recognize those markers and reject them. Rethink the moment in positive terms. Rethink the moment in new ways so that you can smile from your heart. and inspire others to smile from their hearts. Let's lift out our left hand and close the circle. And together, let's imagine the world vibrating with smiles. And remember, it starts one person at a time. Namaste, my friend. Thank you, Brian. That was just beautiful. That really was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Ma. Indeed, it was beautiful. I'm sorry? I said, indeed, it was beautiful. It was. It really was. So, Brian, talk to us a bit about smiles. You've told us a bit about last night, which was a lovely story. And uh, what do you think about smiling? Have you always smiled? Um, no, I haven't, haven't always smiled, but I know that the more I come to these realizations, such as the ones I spoke about in the meditation there and my stories from earlier, like, like what happened to me last night, is when I get more into a place of being comfortable with who I am in so many ways, and knowing that I am enough within inside myself and not having to always, not to say that it's not a wonderful affirmation to hear from other people that they might think that you're wonderful and the things you're doing are wonderful, but to know what's inside myself somewhere deep down that that is true always and to be comfortable in that and to know it to be true I find it easier to smile all the time. And as I said with my story from last night, is to not have to push my agenda in every moment because I realize that if I'm trying to convince someone else that what I say is true, then somewhere inside me I don't really know that that is completely true or else I wouldn't have to prove it to another 
if you will, to make it true. And so when I can be at peace within myself and knowing that what I think is true for me is, is true for me and what another thinks is true for them is true for them and there is a beautiful connectedness in that and a beautiful freedom in allowing people to be who they believe themselves to be and not have to change them in any way and just to support them and love them in every moment in that is a healing tool that they might take advantage of to maybe search out within themselves if that is completely true within them. And it's nothing that I do per se because if I'm content within myself and knowing that where I'm at is in a place of peace and they choose to seek inside themselves if that's where they're at, that's something they did for themselves. And so I've noticed that the greatest gift I can be to myself and to the world is just be confident and peaceful with inside myself and not have to. And when I get into that place and carry that with me everywhere, I, I find that arguing doesn't take place and fighting doesn't take place in my life because you only bicker and argue when people stand at two sides of the fence and and don't budge. And we are moving, beautiful, expansive beings. And if we hold ourselves in one place, then we say, I'm, not, I'm no longer going to grow in this one instant. And that's when we find chaos and fear. Exactly. So that's in- when we step into the chaos. We really do. I mean, there are, there at any given moment, uh, there is uh, any moment, any second of any moment, there is conflicting within all of us humans love and uh, fear and opting for love uh, you know is is the most momentous decision because it brings the greatest peace but there is there's always this and there are many paths to the light there's not like there's there's one set way uh, I firmly believe that anybody can believe anything and their destination is absolutely chosen already it's done they are going to go back to the light whatever name or word you want to define that however you define it whether you define it if you want to call it heaven that's okay with me you know ultimately we all reunite with love and um so there's multiple ways, and people don't have to agree with my way, as long, but I do hope that their way gives them peace. And, uh, you know, and that, that's, that's kind of the challenge, because people sometimes do want to pull you into the chaos of their thinking, uh, or you choose to step in and create chaos, I think they call that shit-stirring, excuse me, but, you know, you've got to get in there. And there's many times, you know, admirable motives that that cause people to speak out. But in the end, the question comes back to what we talked about last week. Does it serve you? Was it really the right thing for you? Is, Is your life really going to be infinitely different? Because... You uh, you took this act that added to the chaos. Now, there are some things I think the answer would be yes. There are some things we cannot smile through. I can't smile through hate, nor I'm sure you can't either. I can't smile through hate-filled words, hate-filled actions, and... Um, and I would not stand silently by because standing silently by would not serve me. But I've definitely more narrowly defined what hate is and mean-spirited action towards others is. So that, uh, and it doesn't include my trying to force my ideas on people except in the case of hate and then I do I do I think that what we are doing every week is on some level an element of thrusting ourselves into the chaos Brian even as I'm talking I'm realizing that is true that what we do is thrusting ourselves into the chaos but we're just not taking we're remembering 
for years I had lessons from my guides about looking for the place of peace in the midst of chaos. And I would go to the Pecos River or Pecos River, they Pe- Peco, Pecos River, they call it in New Mexico, and I would go to the ocean in Southern California, and I would just sit and look at the water, and I was drawn to doing this. And I would see the little waves and the swells coming up and the rapids coming up. And as time passed, I came to recognize that in all of that chaos, there was a calm spot. In all of the rapids, there are calm places. In the rising swell of a wave, there is a calm, calm spot. And I came to recognize that that's the spot I want to be in. So that even if I thrust myself into a situation because I see hate and I cannot stay silent in the face of hate, that even when I do that, I come at it from a calm spot. I don't have to become involved in the chaos. I don't have to deny the divine soul that it is, in my mind, misguided. I don't have to drive them to the ground, but I cannot stay silent. I can stay calm, but I cannot stay silent. I would like to, um, to me, I'd like to clarify what what chaos means to me. Um, I, I used to think chaos meant um, bad things, things that I wouldn't necessarily want to be having to, to take place and actually negative things that can pull me down or backwards. Mm-hmm. And the, just the other day, I looked up what the word chaos meant, where it was really derived from. And it's derived from ancient Greek. And mm-hmm. it, it basically means, in ancient Greek, it talks about it being um, a, a place of unpredictability. And it also talks about being, uh, in ancient Greece, it, it didn't mean disorder more than it meant the primal emptiness and space. And it also was derived from uh, the Proto-Indo-European root of gen, meaning gap, to be wide open. And so to me, chaos is what life is. It's always unpredictable. And I don't know what's going to happen in the next moment. And so in every moment, we can think of ourselves as being in, quote, what what chaos really means. Everything is unpredictable. So exactly as you said, when you can stay in that place of calmness and peace inside yourself in every moment, no matter what's going on around you, because it's always unpredictable. And that's the beauty of life is that you don't know what the next situation is going to contain. But if, but if you do know who you are in every instance of your life, if you realize that you are love in every instance of your life, of every instance of unpredictability, you are going to spread that love in every moment. Yes, I agree. And I I, I think that I, I agree with you that it is not always negative, but I think, and I'm putting this on because we only have one minute left, uh, oh, wow. But I think it, I, I, yeah, I know, it's been amazing the morning today. Uh, it does, uh, it, it's, it's, it's all the time. It's not choosing, it's, it's not choosing to give away your peace, to let go of your peace, in my mind. It, it, to me, chaos is when I've let go of my peace. I've got caught up in other people's emotions. I've stepped past myself. The only area of control for me is myself. The only person I can make choices for is me and I've allowed myself I chose to give up my peace that's it's my choice I chose to stop smiling to use today's talk and I chose to instead become involved in other people's ideas and perceptions and in the process have lost my peace I think actually last night you chose not to do that You chose not to uh, get involved in trying to change what they thought, but instead to take comfort in what you know. 
Yes. And what you just said is absolutely wonderful and true. It's, it's not that when you hold on to what you believe and know to not take on other people, but it's to hold that as an underlying belief within inside yourself and remain in that place of peace. And that's what leaves you open to take on other people's words and see if they fit for you or not. Yes. So to get in that place exactly. of peace within inside yourself is where true love abides in all things. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. I am so honored to participate in these programs with you, uh, Brian, and I thank you. I say namaste to you and to our listeners this week, and next week we're going to have the big topic. You know, is a, is, are we entering a new age, an age of love, as opposed to anti-love? Um, Brian, uh, I'll let you say goodbye, and we'll end up our program here. Thank you, everyone. And remember, where peace and love abides, it's in your heart.